Hey, you, and welcome to the podcast. So today I want to talk to you about uh, one word that God illuminated my eyes to be able to see. I should say my ears to hear last night when I was at a Bible study. I was just hanging out with a bunch of Christian women, and we were, you know, talking about all kinds of things. And through the course of the, of discussion, one of the women in the group um, was making a point about something, and she used the word deception. Deception just leapt out. I mean, clearly I heard everything she said, but I mean, seriously, my mind drifted. I grabbed the word deception and I just kind of chewed on it on the side in my mind, right? Like I could just think, I could just hear God saying, you know, think of the ways that deception happens for women, even in their, on their weight loss journeys. And I just kind of hovered there for a moment. And this morning, I made a note of it at the top of my journal, you know, because I come down to my office every morning. I mean, my morning routine is one where I get up by like four o'clock in the morning. And I don't say this to gloat because this is a serious evolution of my my self-discipline, of my prioritizing, seeking God. If I want to spend time with the Lord and become strong spiritually and be able to stop doing what this world tells me I need to do according to my flesh, it's only come as a result of me prioritizing my relationship. And so that means I go to bed really early. I get up really early. I get up, I turn on my coffee, I spend, I don't even know how much time in my prayer closet. Some mornings I go in there having to remind myself of who I am in Christ because I wake up believing deceitful thoughts of you're, you're, you're wrong, you're stupid, you're ugly, um, nobody's going to listen to you, everybody thinks what you're talking about about weight loss is dumb. Like I hear all of those things and I sometimes have to go into my prayer closet and renew my mind of the word according to the word of God based upon what I have plastered on the walls of my prayer closet. And then after my prayer closet, I do my four-minute exercise, right? Um, I grab my cup of coffee. I come downstairs. I have a Seekers Method journal. I do it with my client still. And I get in the Word of God, and I take wrong thoughts captive and, you know, all of it. But I had written at the top of my journal, Deception. And I remembered, oh my goodness, last night I made a note of the word Deception. And this morning I felt led like in the spirit to just set aside the study that I'm doing with all these women and instead look up deception in the Bible. And this is what deception means, okay? I'm coming to you from the perspective of what does the word say about deception, but I want you to apply it to your life even in weight loss because this is the area where God has told me to help set the captives free. And this is in the area of you believing wrong things that are keeping you from appropriating your faith in such a way that you are able to restore your health. Deception means fraud. It means trickery, misleading. It means to lead astray, to cause one to accept something as true, what is actually false. It means something that deceives. It's a trick. And I just, I couldn't stop seeing trick. It's a trick. So like, I just want you to be with me here right now, right? Deception on your weight loss journey is hard for you to notice because what isn't right becomes hard to notice as you're blinded to practicing what isn't right. Meaning there's a trick. You know, the enemy knows if he can get your food 
craving and believing that you are hooked on eating a certain way and laying on the couch when you come home from work. And if the enemy can get you to be mastered by your flesh, where two thirds of you is believing a certain way, that you will not be free to live the way that God's word says that you can in your spirit. If you keep practicing the deceitful ways according to this world, you're going to get good at those. And then you're going to think that they're not wrong. And then you're going to believe that they are right. Right? Like this is how deception is just a trick. I'm hopeful that I'm waking you up right now. Like I want to give you an example of this. I'd give anything right now to have what our 15-year-old daughter has. And I don't say that to gloat because trust me, I have fallen short from being a perfect mother. But where I feel God has equipped me is in the space of being a Christian life coach and being able to teach our children, most specifically our 15-year-old. I see it most, most fruitfully in her. But recently she went to a party and she was at the party and my husband was like, I cannot believe how anxious she was getting out of the car. She didn't want to go to this party. And I said, that needs to be a red flag to you as a parent. And he said, well, what do you mean? She just, you know, didn't want to go. And I said, no, she, she's really developing her spiritual senses. She's discerning. And as a result of that, she's standing up as a believer. She's knowing when she doesn't want to go very easily to places where there are people whose beliefs are different from hers. And he was like, do you think so? And I said, yeah. You know, it's, it's imperative that we as parents, you know, when she says like, or when she's showing a lot of this angst and hesitation and she's not sure if she wants to go, that we pull the car over and we say, okay, what is the reason behind that? What do you believe? What is it that, you know, is it something going on? Is there somebody there? Is there something that makes you feel a certain way? Or is there something you should listen to spiritually that you're not listening to and helps them to, to be discerning? And as that night progressed, she sent me a text message and she said, mom, I just can't even be here. Like these people are so worldly and they can't even see it. And I was blown away. I showed that text to my husband and he's like, whoa. (laughs) And so let this be a lesson for all of us. The enemy is deceiving us. Like when you are in the world and you're eating the way that you've always eaten, despite you knowing it's taking your health, you knowing that it's made you gain weight, that you believe that you are weight loss resistant. This is where we've been deceived. We've been deceived when we, when we start believing, well, you know, eating French fries isn't bad. It's a potato. <laughs> or um, having a glass of wine every night isn't bad. It's good for you. It's in the Bible. Or, you know, um, God means for us to be able to, you know, enjoy our food. I know there's scripture here that I could be pulling out, but I'm not thinking of it because it's not really where I want to take everything right now. But we become deceived because what we are doing, what we are thinking, what we are believing, what we are eating, the ways that we've conformed don't seem wrong, but they are, and we're deceived. And so by now, by following this podcast, or if you followed any of my work for any amount of time, you know that I have, you know that I've shown you so many things to the point where you should be feeling already awake in your weight loss. 
awake to the truth of what is affecting you and what you should not be running to, what habits you should not still be allowing yourself to do because two-thirds of you likes doing that. Like your body and your mind can reason and justify coming home and binging Netflix and drinking alcohol. And your body and your mind can justify going through the drive through and eating the french fries and the milkshake because, or the shamrock shake because it's St. Patrick's Day and you'll just fast tomorrow, whatever it is. I'm prayerful that if you've been following my work for any length of time, that you are awake to the truth and that you're starting to spot the deception. At least that's my hope. Because it is time for you to become aware and alive and to be active to what is really true. Like, what do you, right now, think about just in your life, your most recent whatever, food that you've eaten that you know you shouldn't have eaten. What do you keep eating or drinking or doing that you already know isn't right for you? That is the very thing that is likely keeping you from being healthy, that you still keep running to when you're not even hungry, right? Can you see how this is leading you astray? It's keeping you from the right path. Like your health is on the narrow path ahead of you, but you're sitting on the side of the road of the broad path, on the broad path, possibly off the broad path, or the the path has broadened so much that it's daunting to think about getting back on the narrow path. But there you are sitting on the side of the, of the, of the road on the broad path, trusting physically in what, in what you want right now in this moment and trading that for what you want most in the future, which is to lose weight, to have your health restored. Your health is going to require your persistence on the narrow path which with spiritual strength, because the enemy is deceiving you in your physical strength. So like, where else is he deceiving you? I want you to think about that, not just in weight loss, but where else? Because if he's deceiving you and you're taking the bait in other areas, it's going to spill over to your weight loss journey. And what are you accepting as, it's okay that I eat this, or this is normal that I eat this way, or... Um, it a little bit won't hurt, right? And then when you're accepting these things, these are the ways that you are being deceived by the subtleties of the enemy, the subtleties of unrighteousness, the subtleties of pride, because it seems right to you, the subtleties of deception, of white lies, right? I mean, I guess if you see it in the perspective of truth or false, you can look at it through the lens of this is true and I can't eat this or through the lens of this isn't 100% the way I should be eating, but it's like a white lie truth on on your weight loss journey, right? And so a lot of times you choose the wrong things because you've become convinced that those wrong things are good because they're not overtly bad. When in reality, I mean, like they just kind of seem harmless. Do you have anything that you eat that seems harmless? Right? That's deception. And, and you know, the thing about deception 
is it's tricky, right? I mean, it's a trick. (laughs) And we don't always see our sins in the light. Our sins don't always appear ugly to us. And the pleasant sins are the hardest to avoid, right? Like for me, creme brulee. I knew I needed to stop eating it, but it was creme brulee. So it was hard because it was a pleasant sin. I knew God was saying to me, I need you to step away from sugar, Sherry. There is a call on your life. I didn't know it then. He was trying to get me to narrow the path and to turn a corner But I still, at the very beginning of my weight loss journey, ordered the creme brulee. I mean, maybe you've heard that story. It was at the very beginning of my journey. I first set out. I wanted to fast. I couldn't fast. I started to pray and ask God how to lose weight. And he said, you haven't found the weight loss program yet because you haven't written it yet. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And I felt called to leave my corporate career to become a a life coach. And I was in the secular realm becoming a life coach by a very world-renowned um self-help guru named Tony Robbins, and I couldn't fast practicing all of the things I was learning from him as a life coach. And I figured if I can't change myself, how am I going to help other people to change? And that's when God got a hold of me and said, you haven't found the right weight loss program yet, Sherry, because you haven't written it. And that's when I dropped everything in the world like a hot potato, downsized the house, quit my corporate career, laid down seven figures, got rid of the Kate Spade bags, moved into a small house, like did all of the things. And then I started to try to mealtime and I tried to start doing Whole30. For 30 days, I wanted to do Whole30. I was sick of doing the cabbage soup for seven days and losing 12 pounds and then celebrating on Monday. And by the time the month was up, I'd gained, you know, 15. I was sick of it. And so I was trying to do Whole30 for 30 days and I'd been on it for, I don't know how many days I'd been on it. And it was my anniversary. And my husband's like, where do you want to go? And I was like, oh, we should go, blah, blah, blah. And so we went there and he knew they had creme brulee and he was excited for me that they had creme brulee, but we hadn't really talked about it. And I had prayed and I was doing things that I was showing my beta clients to do. Pray before you go, see yourself, go ahead of time to the menu online and order in your mind and pray over what you're going to order and ask God to help you. And I went to that restaurant and my husband looked at me over, like he pulled down the menu and peered his eyes over the top of the menu at me. And he said, they have creme brulee. What are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. And the waiter came after he took our dinner plates and he said, well, how about dessert? Can I entertain you in, you know, blah, blah, blah. Can I entertain you with any of our desserts? And I looked at him and I said, I'll have the creme brulee. I'd already prayed. I'd already asked God. I was new and walking in the spirit, all of the things, but I wanted what I wanted. It, I justified it because it was my anniversary. It was our anniversary. And I just looked at my husband and, you know, I probably made some small talk about why I was justifying or whatever. Now I can assure you, number one, he wouldn't ask me about creme brulee. And number two, he wouldn't even, he probably wouldn't even, I know he wouldn't allow me to even order it. He'd be like, are you crazy? You can't do that. Anyhow, the waiter came back to me and he said, I'm sorry, but we're all out. That woman at that table over there just ordered the last order of creme brulee. And I looked at him and I said, that's okay. That was God. (laughs) I wasn't supposed to have it. Anyhow, right? Like that was a pleasant sin for me. Was it, you know, I mean, would it have killed me have been the end of the world? No, but it taught me a valuable lesson, right? Just because I wanted it didn't mean that I should be eating it right now. God had 
put a call in my life and I was changing and I was trying to do hard things. I was never going to break that cycle of cheating on myself if I kept cheating on myself. So what about you? Like, what are the sins, the pleasant sins that are the hardest for you to say no to that you keep giving into? Like maybe it's the Friday night pizza. Maybe it's the Super Bowl foods. Maybe it's the um, St. Patrick's Day shamrock shake. Maybe it's the, I don't even know, like summertime s'mores around the fire, the margarita at girls night, right? Sin is anything that you know you shouldn't do and you do it anyhow. That's James 4.17. When you are partnering with God and you're trying to step up and live a better life where you're pursuing righteousness and you're doing right things and you're yielding to the Holy Spirit and you're seeking God for a way out of temptation, there are going to be things that are right to the world but might not be right to you in that moment. And so what are the attractive hindrances or the attractive things that you keep running to or the attractive sins that keep deceiving you? right? There's always a way of escape when you see a sin and you desire it and you want a way out, right? That's just 1 Corinthians 13. There's always a way out. You've got to start attacking deception at the first thought. And that's the only way to to spot deception and to respond to it before your flesh tries to control you until you have a majority rule in your flesh where two thirds of you, your mind reasons it and then your, your, your body craves it. And then before you know it, you're mastered by your flesh and you're eating the creme brulee. Do you struggle? Let me ask you this question before I take a commercial break. Do you struggle with seeing how your food can be a sin? Be right back after this quick commercial break. So the Seekers Method for Weight Loss personal journey has only been out for three or four weeks and already women are saying things. Women are already saying things like, Sherry, I'm already losing weight. Sherry, I'm already seeing a change in my cravings. Sherry, I can't even believe this is me. Or the the one I got this morning was just, (laughs) it was so sweet, but I got it. Like I could feel her when I read this. It just said, oh my goodness, I should have started this sooner. I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know that the the seeker's method for weight loss personal journey is very likely the thing that you've prayed for and not even know it, right? This is how God has me teaching you to lose weight. And it's because he knows something that you might not be willing to admit. And that is that you can lose weight. You just need to be shown how to how to stop conforming to your old ways, how to apply his word and live it out, how to make your life be like that two-third majority, majority, right? Where you are led by your spirit and you are renewing your mind and you are transforming your body as opposed to your mind and your body controlling you. There's another power available within you and it's called your spirit of power. Second Timothy, what is that? One seven, I think, right? <laughs> if you know that you're supposed to start doing something to change your life, to correct your health, what are you even waiting for? Go to my website, sherrycapilla.com forward slash seeker, or when you get to Sherry Capilla, just click on the seekers method. It's the only thing open right now. 
go to the Seekers Method personal journey. And I encourage you, if you're considering doing it, you better act quickly or the price is going to go up. It's currently $97. Soon it will be $147. Um, it has all new Seekers sessions in it. It's just amazing. It's everything I would have needed on my weight loss journey had I only had access to a Christian life coach for weight loss. All right, I've talked enough. Now back to the podcast. Okay, so before the break, I was talking to you about seeing your food as sin. This seems so controversial, and yet, like, I see it so easily as black and white. When I know what I should do, and I don't do it, that is sin to me, right? Whatever is not of faith is sin. So if I'm doing something because I just want it, and I know it's wrong, it's like, I know that that's sin. People don't like to own up to it because they just want what they want. And I will go down fighting on the stance of supporting what James 4.17 says because I see it in the Bible. I mean, think about it. It, there, it was not abnormal for Eve in the garden back in Genesis for her to want to or to need to eat food, right? I mean, food is absolutely necessary. But she was given boundaries. That's the problem. Most of us don't have any boundaries with our food. We have boundaries in our relationships where we're told to love everybody, but we don't have boundaries in our food. You know, for Eve, her desire was for what was outside of the boundaries. And she didn't know that something, she knew something was outside of the boundaries and she just didn't simply even entertain it until she was told that she could entertain it right? So the reason for her to want that forbidden fruit was wrong. Her reason was not for hunger. Just like a lot of times when you eat the things that you eat that you know are taking your health and causing you to not be able to lose weight, you likely don't eat those things out of hunger. You're eating those things out of food joy or pleasure, right? Like for Eve, it was it was that she reasoned wrong despite knowing what was right because she was deceived into thinking that the food was going to give her something different than what food is often intended to give, right? Food is just to nourish and to sustain us physically. But wicked and evil have an agenda on our food because we know how it masters. It knows how it masters us. So food outside of your own boundaries right now of what you know you should be eating, a lot of times what happens is it offers to give you a promise of pleasure or escape or comfort or relief or, you know, whatever it is. And And I believe that Satan deceives. I believe he deceives us and that we are practiced, well practiced at normalizing the deception. And that's how we don't even see his tricks. Like he still tries to convince us that what we know is wrong for us is good, that it's pleasant or, you know, even, well, desirable. And he gets you stuck in that desirable trap as a form of deception because your body physiologically, hormonally starts to have cravings for it. So where right now is the enemy deceiving you with foods that don't seem bad? 
Where are you deceived because you want to believe wrong things? And how is that keeping you from the best life that God has for you right now? Like Satan, you have to see this. Satan is trying to deceive you. Your weight loss is just as much spiritual as it is physical. And the only power he has is the power to tempt you. So if he can tempt you in your thinking, he can get you to reason and justify foods that you know you should not be eating right now while you're trying to be on this health regimen at the beginning of the new year. But if he can get you to subtly take the bait of deception, he can, he can continue to kill, steal, and destroy your health. And if you don't awaken to the deception, you won't step into all that is possible for you and truly available for you right now. You have the ability right now to no longer be mastered by your flesh. You have the ability right now to take wrong thoughts captive. You have the ability right now to begin eating right foods and going to God when temptation comes. Like, I want you to see this. In three months, you could literally be transformed. And I want you to be more focused on transformed than three months, right? Because in three months time, even when you work with me, you're only just going to be transformed in the mind renewal. And that is the very thing that will be just the beginning to lead you to your transformation. Like transformation will, you'll finally start to be filled with hope after three months because of the renewing of your mind. And you'll start to believe, oh my goodness, I really can lose weight. The problem is Satan has deceived you to want rapid weight loss, right? He, like you get to that point where you start a weight loss journey. Is this anybody? You start your weight loss journey and you're so good at starting, but you're horrible at finishing, and that's because we want, this is another deception. We want immediate gratification everywhere. Immediate gratification with our food at the drive through window, in the microwave. Immediate gratification with weight loss. It's a lie. It's a trap. Commit to what is possible when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all areas. He will give you what you need. But weight loss isn't going to happen overnight and it's not going to happen at all if you keep allowing yourself to be deceived and thinking that you can have little quits, little cheats here and there and that it doesn't matter. It matters. So decide to become transformed, all of it, through the renewing of your mind through Christ who strengthens you. And he's the, he's the one that you're following. And when you work with me in the Seekers Method, I show you how to be transformed through the renewing of your mind, how to stop conforming to those patterns. And I also teach you very subtly, but in the Seekers Method, I show you how to drop your focus on all of the numbers, on all of the dates, the number on the scale, the date on the calendar, like, this is just another way of deception. Here, here are three things you need to know about weight loss. Weight loss will take faithfulness, consistency, and time. You can't do any of it of your own accord. You need the Spirit's help. You need the Holy Spirit to guide you in the direction to go. And this is why God sent me. I just know this. I learned this all the hard way. And now God has positioned me to guide you, to show women how to right what has been wronged, how to help them restore what has been taken, how to use the rest of their lives for God's kingdom 
and to make right what was taken from them, what was meant for their harm. I don't know how much longer God will have me serving in this way. So if you're ready for real mind renewal, then you've got to find a way to get to start working with me. If you want immediate mind transformation, mind renewal, I encourage you to get in the comeback. You can get in that. The link's in the show notes or in the comments, whatever. Or maybe do the comeback and then get into the personal journey. Or do the comeback and then join me the next time we do the Seeker's Method. Right? And the Seeker's Method, incidentally, opens every January, April, and September. I want you to know this as I wrap up this episode. Know this about deception. It's a trick. Satan has fooled all of us with food. And it is probably stealing your health. It's probably taking your energy. It's it's corrupting your desires. It's taking your mental clarity, your discernment, your need of God, your relationship with him, because you start to see food as the comforter in areas where you should be running to God. Right? I mean, think about that. Think about that. There are very likely times where you eat out of emotion. If you're not feeling hunger, food shouldn't be the, the solution. So when you have an emotion, food isn't the, the option. God is. I mean, just leave here knowing today that deception is how, is how, how the enemy is fooling you, how he's tricking you. I mean, that, it goes all the way back to Genesis 3-6 in the garden. And deception comes when you want to believe what you shouldn't, right? You can even just go and study Samson in in Judges 16. It's more powerful, this deception, than you realize. And it's so subtle. And it will lead you to disaster if you don't start waking up to the ways that you have been living with a sin tolerance, where you've been deceived, your health is going to be needed for you to live out this Christian life. And you can't live out this Christian life of your own without God, without his word, without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So ask God to guide you and to show you the truth from the lies. Get in the seeker's method. Start learning from somebody who teaches this. When you work with me, even in the personal journey, I marinate you in this truth. And I show you how to apply it to your life and weight loss. So don't allow the spirit of deception to keep you from walking by faith, even in weight loss. Hey you, welcome to the Christian Life Coaching Podcast for weight loss. I'm so excited that you are here. <laughs> 